Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Now joined by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. And we talked, Kevin, so much about Alabama and how good they are, both offensively and defensively. But this may be the best defensive team I think Arkansas may face, and that is tonight in the Tennessee Volunteers. Well, you can make that case, Randy, because it's a solid one. I mean, Tennessee, you know, they, they tend to struggle a little bit toward the end of regular seasons with more losses. But it's still a sound team when you look at it in so many ways. It's still third in net, and that includes a strong defensive resume. Um, and we know this Arkansas team can play – up to the level of the competition, even on the road, it's it's just those stretches, these long stretches of games where Arkansas doesn't just have a bad stretch. They have a ruthless collapsing kind of stretch. And we've seen it play out so many times. And so when you're facing this kind of an opponent that is stout defensively and has other things that, that work, um, you can't afford to have those stretches. So while there are challenges here, Arkansas's played some really good teams on the road, Baylor, Alabama. Texas A&M, and these are all games where Arkansas had second-half leads. Missouri um, went on the road and, and, and put it all together for two halves against Kentucky. That has been an outlier. That has proven to be an outlier until Arkansas does it again. They don't have to shoot 60% or 70% on the road like they did at Kentucky necessarily, but they just can't have these collapses. And we had, we, where we saw a team in back-to-back seasons kind of get over those bad problem stretches in January, mid-January, and move on, a lot of those games were close, and Arkansas was just a better team with decision-making and execution late in close games. And this team, they, they find themselves in those kind of games again, but they just can't get over the finish line. And part of that is, are those just huge runs they surrender. I mean, we can go back game to game to game, especially on the road where that's been the case. Uh, it was certainly the case at home against Alabama early in the in league play in that late in that game, but mostly it's been a road issue. So I agree with you. Tennessee could be. You could make the argument this is the toughest defense in Arkansas's face. But I think more for me, it's about when does the identity of the Arkansas team grow out of a team that has these large chunks of games? Not that they collapse for the entire game, because they find ways to have a chance. But those, but those big stretches have flipped big leads into uphill climbs, and from there, Arkansas just hasn't been good finishing the games either. Yeah, it seems like at Alabama, when Arkansas didn't miss, you took total number of free throws, wasn't like enormous, but they missed them while Alabama was making the run. That That's a way, if you can make a couple of those in there, you stop those 12-0 runs, even if it comes 10-2, to you still you're in the ball game, and that's if you can make free throws on the road, that makes a big difference. No doubt about it. Arkansas went one of eight in that stretch. That's more than missing a couple. In fact, yeah. you, you could say it was more like one of nine because one of them was the front end of a one and one. And so, yeah, that's right. mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's tough. But there were other things going on. I mean, Arkansas was not making layups. There were some layups that chippies, they just overshot or missed point blank. Uh, I saw Arkansas fighting the basketball, trying to secure a loose ball or a rebound, and Bama (laughs) reached right in there, plucked it away, and capitalized. I saw Arkansas have huge defensive breakdowns, not just talking about 
Alabama getting to the rim at will, despite Arkansas being good at keeping them off the three line. Alabama ran wild at the rim, where Arkansas did a better job in the first half against that. Not so good in the second half, but there were huge defensive busts on inbounds plays in the half court. Communication was poor. Guys weren't rotating, and you saw several uncontested layups. I mean, even Arkansas, when they were in that stretch of missing some, uh, probably didn't even have as, you know, some of those were good looks, but not as clean as some of what Bama got where there was no resistance. So a lot of times when you see a run, there's one or two things not working. I thought more than three throws. It was four or five things, and Alabama's too good, and they're on their home court, and that's why you see a 15-0 run. Heck, Arkansas had that 15-0 run that avalanche at Vanderbilt when, when one guy Jordan Wright scored 13 of those points, and nobody could defend him, and it was like Keystone Cops. Arkansas has these stretches where they go from being a confident team to looking like their confidence is rattled. And, again, this sometimes happens, but it's a recurring thing, and Arkansas has not grown out of it. If you thought the Kentucky game was proof that, that they've taken a step, they, they went and blew leads at A&M and Bama, and, uh, you know, the loss at home against Mississippi State revealed some of the same stuff. So I think Arkansas is still finding finding its way. And this time of year, really good teams are, are, are we kind of know you kind of know what it, what they are and what the DNA is. And, and we can't call Arkansas a really good team right now because they continue to find ways to to struggle mightily. And you're going to lose some games, but Arkansas it's a recurring way that they're doing it. And I think that's a problem still. Gentlemen, let's talk with uh, Michael. Michael, never mind. Let's try Jack. Jack, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Good afternoon, guys. Good so, afternoon. You always have the little blue, the little black book, or a little blue book for football. Why don't you have it for basketball? That's a great question. I don't have an answer for that one. <laughs> and I was, I was going to put y'all on the spot. What uh, do each one of y'all think the score is going to be for tonight? <laughs> you just always think Arkansas is going to win. At least we do. But I don't know. I, I never pick scores. You guys ever pick scores for basketball? I'm writing it down. Uh, sometimes. Okay. Well, Kevin, go right ahead. What do you think the score is going to be tonight? Well, I predicted before the Alabama game that Arkansas was going to find, find a way to finish 2-1 and one in these last three games. And so – I'm stuck with that. I'm sticking with it. Despite all that I just said, Arkansas <laughs> has been right there, and, and they didn't win at Kentucky, so I know they can do it. So I'm going to I'm going to project Arkansas. Maybe I'm a homer. Maybe I just uh, you know feel like they'll get it done. And um, so score prediction, you know, this could be a game that I think will find a way to the 70s, and I think Arkansas will you know it'll be a one possession kind of game. So I'm going to go Arkansas 72. Tennessee 69, Razorbacks get a fourth quad one win tonight is my prediction. And next time you'll have me on, if it goes the other way, I'll I'll own it, eat it. And <laughs> no, it's okay. We'll talk about why it didn't work the way I thought. No, no, no. Right. Now, I'm, I'm going 70-67, Arkansas. <laughs> okay. Same basic. I mean, three point. I think it's a one-possession game, 70-67. All right, Jack, now that we've opened up our big mouth, hey, uh, what's Rick, your prediction? Rick? No, I never now, Rick's not going to play the game. No, I don't pick scores. Okay. Though. Well, you know, I, I'm with Kevin. I, I had I had Arkansas scoring 72 exactly. But I think because of the injuries on on Tennessee's team, 
that they only get 62 because they have a guy injured coming off the bench. They have a guy injured that's in the starting lineup that might not play. Um, so I have Arkansas winning by 10, 62 to 72. Mm, 10 well, points. I like wonderful. it. Yeah, good. Because if Devo, Ricky Council, and Nick Smith do what they did, similar to what they did last game, and they scored, what, 65 points between the three of them. And I know it, Tennessee's a much better defensive team, yeah. but if, if they even come close to that, we should hit that 72 mark. And I just don't think that Tennessee has the firepower to hit that 70 mark against our defense. Well, I hope you're right. It'd be nice to not, you know, be sitting on pins and needles here in the last two minutes of the game, if that's possible. Seems like that's, that's right. what happens and, every game. Yeah. Uh, that's no fun. You want to be on pins and needles. Those Do are you? rather uncomfortable, I would think. Can you get those at Double B's? You can go ahead and order yeah. them now? Yeah. Okay. I can right. gas it, grab it, and go. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Thank you. I can't wait to see the win tonight, see how your scores line up. Okay. All right. Thank Thanks you, Jack. <laughs> Just don't put the needles under your tires, Randy, when you go there. Yeah, I agree with that, too. Okay. Is, that a, is that a reach? Kevin, believing that you're going to get the same kind of performance scoring-wise from Council and Nick Smith Jr. and um, Devo Davis? It may, it may be, guys, because you had three players in the same game with 20 or more points. It's it's not often that you have two that do it. Uh, but then you might have a more you might have a somewhat of a balanced attack. You know, Anthony Black was in foul trouble. Played, what, 16, 17 minutes, didn't factor much. Devo, I thought, plugged in nicely uh, to, to fill some of that void and, and was scoring like he was, you know, before the pre- previous three or four games. And so, do I think three guys – I mean, no, I don't think three guys are necessarily going to score 20 or more. Uh, you know, when that happens, you're, you're, you've got to score more closer probably to the 80s, which is what happened in Alabama. So, if we're talking about a – a lower score. If that happens, that means you know there, there's not much uh, other scoring to go around, and you know it still may be enough to win. But I just don't see three guys hitting twenty. I don't know that I see two hogs getting twenty. They have got. I don't know what term you want to use him, but uh, I call him an enforcer, and Santiago. Trying to figure out how to say his name. Vasco? Vescovi. Vescovi. And then you've got a big guy who they, 6'9", 6'11", inside. I think the inside play for Arkansas has to be better than what it was against Alabama, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, I thought Arkansas missed some chippies inside. And I thought, you know, I thought there were some good things. We saw Mikel Mitchell give Arkansas most of the production in there. Graham had three blocks. It wasn't an offensive game for him. He probably didn't play as much in the second half as I thought he might. But, you know, Arkansas didn't really get a lot out of its front line. It was a backcourt, um, you know, it was backcourt production for the most part. Right. Even with Anthony Black having a poor game, it worked out that way. I do think Arkansas needs more balance. Uh, they were very balanced against Georgia, balanced against Florida. Um, and there was a level of that even at Kentucky when they shot lights out. But, yeah, I don't think you'd go on the road in this league um, 
being one-dimensional and feel good about your chances. All right, Kevin, hang on. We're going to take a break. That is Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue. Be a part of the game plan. It's Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Drive Time Sports here on the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer, along with yours truly, Randy Rainwater. And joined again by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. All right, Kevin, here's a question for you by way of our Asher Record Service Company live feed feedback. Hog Call says Nick Smith is a competitor. Can his determination push this team to a win tonight? Ask Kevin what he thinks. Can Nick Smith and his determination push this team to a win tonight? I certainly think it could factor into it. I mean, this is a highly competitive guy. He's a guy that didn't wash his hands of, of this program when it would maybe have been the smarter move for his draft prospects um, and, and, and fought his way back, wanted to be back. I, I don't. I think if it had all been left up to him 100%, he, he might not have missed two months and 13 games in there. But we've seen him get better and better and acclimating in. Um, and, and he's just a, he's just different for Arkansas. He's the one guy that can create a shot consistently from beyond the arc, inside the, the three-point line, and then get into the rim. And so uh, there's that factor. I think he's been better defensively uh, than I thought he might be. Sometimes you favor a knee or something like that. When, when it's easier to play offense when you know where you're going than when you have to react. And sometimes guys can favor that, especially when they've been out a while. And I think he's been very aggressive defensively. And then there's that will to win. You know, I would have loved to seen the ball in his hands at the end of that game because this is a cl- this has been a, a clutch shot maker throughout his career before being at the college level. He did hit that step back three that cut the lead down to two with eight seconds left. So you got a glimpse of that. Arkansas was moving fast. They were tra- playing, trying to extend the game, and so he wasted no time getting into that. It was a beautiful shot. Uh, so he's the kind of guy that can deliver. And so, yeah, I think part of it's determination, competitive fire. He plays with full confidence and belief. And, that, you know, some people refer to that as being an alpha. But he steps onto the court every game thinking he's the best player out there. And then he goes and backs up that kind of emotion with, with the things that he does. And so, you know, uh, I think anytime you have someone like that, you can rally around it. Arkansas has some excellent basketball players, even though they're not as veteran as some of these teams. I mean, Tennessee has – a veteran team, and they know how to win. They know how to win at home. Uh, Arkansas still, like I said, talking about it before, as a team, they still struggle through patches of games. But I, I do think having Nick back makes Arkansas better. It makes it makes Arkansas tougher to scheme and defend against. Uh, you know, to add something there, and, and now you want to see multiple guys ha- having solid games tonight. Whether it's Nick Smith Jr. leading the way or being the you know the, the catalyst. Or it could be an Anthony Black, but you do, you know, you need. I think you need more balance front line and back court. And I don't think Arkansas can afford to have, you know, when they've got guys fouling out with five, six minutes left in the game and having an off night because they just can't stay on the floor. That that's tough on the team like Arkansas that relies on a tight rotation to go on the road and, and then finish out a win. And another question. This one from Savage. 
He says, Kevin, after watching Jordan Walsh this season, do you still think he is a first-round draft pick? Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't guess a first-round projection. I'd guess maybe some second-round projection. A lot of things would have to change probably for, for that to be to, to, to improve. Uh, but, but so many guys can, can leave on a second-round guarantee because a lot of these things, even though it's not supposed to be like this, get worked out behind the scenes. And all you need is one or two teams that really want to, and they give you a guarantee as a second-rounder. I mean, we saw that with Isaiah Joe, 49th pick. And he got a guarantee. He got a guaranteed contract, not just a guarantee that he'd be drafted. Uh, he's a guy that's thriving right now, by the way, at the NBA level. But you just never know. Um, you know, you look at a guy and say, well, he's not NBA ready. Well, even some of the guys that are going to go in the lottery are not necessarily ready. They're not going to necessarily be big impact when they get there as rookies. But they, they want them early. The more they see of them, the more they play at the college level, the more they pick it, their, their weaknesses and, they, and their draft stock. Uh, will slip. Not across the board, though. Some guys come back and make and they t- use it to their advantage. I actually think Jordan, barring some kind of a draft guarantee, even as a second rounder, might benefit by coming back and, and improving on his stock because I think he can add skill to other, the other things that he brings to the table. I think that's what might be missing, keeping him from being a first round guy. That doesn't mean he. That's the best path is to come back. And again, a lot of that depends on. You know what kind of what what teams are, are putting it out there behind in back channels that they want him even if it's second round and they'll give him guaranteed money. Kevin, in watching back a year ago when Jordan Walsh was playing, who was it? Sunrise is that who he was playing for? I can't remember. But he, he anyway, was at Link. Link, yeah, Link Link Academy. I didn't see him shoot that many three-pointers. Is that really the strength of his game? Well, it's not the strength of his game, but it's something that when you look at his release, you, if you heard Eric Mussman talk about it over and over again in preseason, early season, they like his shot. They felt like he was a guy that should help them from shoot from three. I think it's been a lot about he passes up some open looks. He's unsure sometimes. You know, I think where he struggled is, is off the bounce and creating shots that way. Uh, he sometimes gets in trouble when he's got it around the basket. He's tough. He'll battle in there, um, but he doesn't always take the right angle and some things. But open looks, you know, he's just not been consistent, but his shot looks good, and he and he's had some games where he's, you know, he's knocked down four or five consecutive field goals. He's not putting up a lot of shots in, in particular games, but, you know, he's had games where he shot 80% or better. It's just being more consistent. So, yeah, I think three-point shooting – eventually when he projects at the next level, he's not going to be a 3-4 combo. He's going to be looked at as a 2-3, so he's going to have to be a, maybe a 3 and D guy where he's got a reliable, consistent three-point shot and then use all that length and athleticism defensively to be able to guard multiple positions. But I think three-point shooting is going to have to be a big part of his growth and a little and more skill in his ball handling for the next level for him to maximize those opportunities. Coach Musselman was, and this was, I guess, several weeks ago when he made this particular statement, uh, and this was back before Nick uh, Smith was able to return, but he was talking about how beat up the team was physically, how beat up they were. How healthy do you think this bunch is now? At times it looks like they're tired, 
And I'm not sure if it's just from the fact that, you know, their bodies are taking a big pounding, especially Council, Anthony Black, uh, Devo Davis. Uh, thank goodness some of those minutes have tapered off lately because of, of Nick uh, chewing up some of those minutes. And then the other night, bless his heart, barely two, three minutes into the game, Anthony Black is on the bench with two fouls in the first half. Uh, how how fresh do you think this team is right now, Kevin? I think it's about the same for everybody. I mean, we, we just talked about the previous caller and guys that have been out. One of those main players returned for the last game. He'd been out for most of February. Jillian Phillips, the other one, uh, hasn't played since mid-part of the month. We'll see if he's back tonight. But a lot of teams are dealing with players missing, injuries, Guys playing through injuries, banged up, you know, pain, playing through pain from contusions and hard falls and different things. So I think Arkansas is about as probably as fresh as just about anybody, and that means there's some nicks and dings and and, and scrapes in there too. You got to deal with it. And so I don't think they're, you know, just aside from the fact that they played as long as they did without Nick Smith Jr. and lost Trevor in Brazil in the non-conference. I mean, relative to other teams, I don't think other teams have had it quite as bad necessarily. From that standpoint, but where, who you do have now, I think everybody in this, even though these are younger guys and they don't play an 82-game schedule with the playoffs and all that like the NBA, it's still a wall for them because it's more than they were used to as high school players, a lot of these guys. Uh, but some of the veteran guys, they've done this before. They've played through this stuff. So they, you know, they're probably dealing with it maybe in some ways a little better than some of the younger guys. Well, physically, uh, the other night, when um, Devo went down underneath the basket, I know if he's going to get back up the way he acted. And uh, but thank goodness for that timeout because he was able to go over the bench and collect himself, and then get back out uh, onto the floor. In fact, I believe he made the free throw, didn't he? If I remember correctly, came back and made the free throw. Arkansas burned its last timeout. That was tough because I think if they would have been able to draw up a play to get Nick Smith Jr. the ball on that final play. Uh, down three, coming off that made free throw. But that's how it happens sometimes. I was I was hopeful Devo would get up. I thought his voice might be higher by a few octaves. <laughs> um, that's just how it goes. All right, Kevin. We'll talk with you on Friday. That's Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop.